So we have uh, audio from last week's class if you missed that and you want to hear it. And uh, th- that'll be up on the website soon. As well, uh, I mentioned this last week, there was a, a couple classes we did, one in May, one in June, uh, that were also helpful if you've got kids. And the first one was in May. That was called Leading Little Ones. And then we did a class, uh, just a two-week deal in, in June called uh, Foundations for Fathers that was just for, uh, for dads or, or, or dads-to-be, kids at home, kids not at home anymore. Um, so there's those two. You can find both of those online. And those are available. And then wanted to also let you know that uh, on November 3rd, so in a couple weeks here, we're going to put out some uh, resources for Advent. Uh, for Advent. So those will be, uh, we'll, we'll have those available for you in uh, early November so that you can, should you choose to uh, celebrate the Advent season with your family. Hey, Curtis, I, would you get me a couple bottles of water? Thanks, man. I forgot to bring some in. Uh, tonight, uh, you got a free resource. Promised you to have a free resource so that you'd come back tonight. And uh, we've got that back there. When you came in, grab an outline. Uh, I hope I printed enough this week, but maybe stick with one per couple for now. And if we've got extras, you can you can both take one. Uh, but then there's an also a CD. Uh, each family can take uh, a CD if you like. Uh, some good music there. This is put out by the uh, the Village Church, and they do, they've got a, a a team together that just does music specifically for the, the worship that they um, have for their children in their church, and they send home music for, for parents. So uh, it's got some pretty cool songs on it, uh, very uh, addictive tunes. So uh, I was just looking at them again and just remembering that all the songs came flooding back into my mind. Okay, thanks, yeah. And our, our kids really like them. So anyway, uh, take that CD. You're welcome to have that. If you've got kids or you give it to somebody else, whatever you like. Uh, and, and also, you'll see on the, the uh, last page of your outline tonight is the resource list. Uh, and everything that's in that resource list that is underlined are ones that I'll specifically mention tonight. Uh, but that is a complete resource list for uh, parenting, family worship, moms, dads. It really covers a lot of... Uh, a lot of ground, and they're not the only good resources out there, but definitely a good, a good list. Uh, we don't sell all those books here, but we do sell a good number of them. And I told you I would give that to you on the last week of our class, um, and I'm giving it to you tonight because tonight is going to be uh, the last night of this class. So I was just finishing up the material and realized, you know what, this, I do not need to drag this out uh, for another week, we can wrap it up tonight. So last week, really laying the the foundation, and then tonight, practical, looking at what this actually looks like. But I I think we can take care of it tonight. So that is the the plan. Uh, Again, the goals of this class, number one, understand what family worship is, what it is not. Number two, to motivate uh, all of you to implement family worship in your homes. And then number three, to actually equip you for that task of uh, practicing family worship in your home. Again, the intention of this class is not to uh, heap a bunch of guilt on you. It is to convince the unconvinced and equip the unequipped. 
But I just want to make family worship accessible. Something that is, is foreign to a lot of you maybe. And may seem really far out there. And where do we begin? And, and how do we start doing this? So I'm hoping that we just make it more um, accessible. Like, okay, that, that is something that we can that we can do and that we can implement. Um, but, but not trying to uh, pile on a bunch of guilt. I know that when there's any kind of instruction or teaching or help that has to do with maybe something that you're not doing and we make a strong case for it, it can come across like we're trying to just make you feel bad into doing it. And um, that's not the, not the intention. As well, remember that most of the, or that this material is applicable to you, whatever life stage you find yourself in, uh, whoever you are. And I'll speak specifically a couple times tonight, but just listen, you know, how does this a- apply um, to me and in my life situation? Um, um, if you're if you're married without kids, OK, how do you do this then just with your with your spouse? Um, if you're married and you have kids, but your kids are grown, um, you know, how can you maybe still pass some of these things on to them? Think about that. Or uh, you have grandkids or you'll have grandkids at some point. You know, you can you can look forward to actually doing this with your with your grandkids and, and, and things like that. If you're single, uh, chances are you 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 won't be single your whole life. You know, 93 percent, I think, uh, and are, are going to be married. So uh, there are things to think about as you as you prepare for for that down the down the road um, family worship it is most involved at the level of small children in the home okay just because there's a lot more to manage so it's it's most involved at that level which is why uh, that's what i assume in most of my teaching so i'm not going to break every section up and say and if this is your okay you're going to have to you know work a lot of that out but i'm going to speak to assuming that it's at the most difficult level of, of management and it's going to be you've got little kids that you're trying to that you're trying to bring, bring up but the elements of family worship and uh, the manner uh, of family worship and the obstacles of family worship that is across the board um, whether you've got little kids in your home uh, or not so let's pray Let's pray, and then we'll get into um, week two. So last week was worth putting on your plate, and then we're just jumping ahead to and just making it the second class. Um, It's awkward when dad sings is the title of tonight's class. Give you an idea of where we're going. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, because you are who you are, we must worship you. Our worship should rise from us to you as, as individuals, as churches, and as families, compel us and equip us for this joyful responsibility. By your Spirit, according to your Word, and for your glory's sake, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So again, if you just came in, there's a resource back there, um, CD with some music for kids on it, as well as a, an outline for tonight's class okay a few things to mention again said last week one thing to mention is that formal family worship is not required by the bible so formal family worship is not required by the bible formal a set time uh, a structured time uh, that is not that is not required to take place in your home anywhere in scripture it's not spelled out like that um, worship should certainly be happening in your home, but a set formal time, which is what we are 
advocating, which is what I'm advocating, but understand it is not required by the, the Bible. And so uh, that's important to remember so that we don't begin to worship the form itself. Okay, where family worship becomes what we worship. Okay, so that's not, it is a means to worshiping God and to communing with God. But um, this is, it's pretty common. I've heard uh, where, where family worship is common in churches to have it become just very, uh, where the actual worship time is what is exalted and worshipped, and, and every, your parents get angry or upset if, if it gets missed, and and and, and kids kind of get the impression, you know, what <laughs> what's really important here is it God or is it, you know, this formal time? So we just need to be careful with that because we don't have we don't have a, a command in Scripture that says you have to do it this way. We don't have that. As well, family uh, or formal family worship, if done, it isn't the most important thing that you do so if you do decide to implement this which i hope you do don't rest in it as like assuming that okay if i do this then i'm doing everything i need to do because it's actually not even the most important thing that that you do necessarily Um, it can be a place and a context where you do some of the most important things in your family but it itself is not the most important thing that you do in your family Okay, you should be bringing your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Scripture says when you're when you're on the road, when you're in your home, when you rise, when you go to bed, we should be teaching our children. I mean, these things are definitely what need to be happening. Okay, teaching our children the gospel. Okay, that is very important. That is crucial. Family worship is not the most important thing that we do. Okay, but it is and can be uh, a valuable thing for your family. As well, family worship should be delightful, and we'll talk more about that tonight. Uh, so, what is family worship? We defined this last week, reading the Bible together, praying together, singing together. And we looked at the history of the church, and family worship as a part of that history, up until the last couple hundred years, really. Uh, even formal family worship, twice a day formal family worship has been a a regular part of church history until recently. Um, For example, uh, the Spurgeon family, many of you uh, know of Charles Spurgeon, and morning and evening he would worship with his family, but 6 p.m. every night, 6 p.m. every night is where you would find him with his wife and with his kids, and they would be devoted to family worship. So it was so regular that there were even um, other people who wrote about the experience of being a part of his family for a night because they would go over for dinner or whatever, and it was like, okay, dinner's done. Let's uh, go to the, the, the study for, for worship. And other people uh, learned and gleaned a lot from that. So really a regular part of, of, of church history. So let's jump into tonight here. First uh, heading you have is implementation of family worship. Okay, so now, now what? Uh, how do I how do I do this? What can this actually look like is what we're going after here. And there are some general answers and then there are um, specific answers to how you implement this. And the, the specific answers depend on what your 
uh, context is and what your situation is and what your family looks like and what the dynamics are for, for, for in your home. So there's going to be some specific answers that you, you have to work out, but there's also just some general answers that, that we can go over that are true regardless of the, the context that you have. So let's look, number one, at what should the elements of our worship be? Okay, so you think of a Sunday morning here and you think we have different elements, okay, things that we do. Okay, in family worship, what should those elements be? Well, remember, family worship is worship. Okay, it's worship. Reading together, praying together, singing together. Uh, This isn't family time, though family time can be great. Uh, It's not uh, entertainment time or watching television together. It's not even reading a good uh, Christian book together. Those are are great things. Those can be fun things, but we're making a distinction. That's not what we mean by family worship. Rather, we are, as a family, meeting with God through the reading of His Word, praying to Him, and singing to Him. And this is what we do when we come together as a church family. You know, we're, we're coming to meet with God and to commune with God. And how do we do that? Through the reading and, and, and studying of His Word, through praying to Him, singing to Him. Okay, the same can be true in our homes. Charles Spurgeon said this about Matthew Henry. He was a big Matthew Henry fan. I agree with Matthew Henry when he says, they that pray in the family do well. They that pray and read the Scriptures do better. But they that pray and read and sing do best of all. There is a completeness in that kind of family worship which is meant to be desired. That's what he said about it. So let's look at each one of those individually. First of all, reading together. Reading together in our, in our homes. This is a time of Bible reading and instruction. A time of Bible reading and instruction. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Uh, some things to consider when we're reading together in our homes, God's Word together. Uh, first of all, to be pure in doctrine. To be pure in doctrine. Okay, so it is reading the Bible, uh, but it's not just reading the Bible. Whoever's leading the time should offer some instruction, some teaching. Again, especially if there's kids in the home. Okay, so we read the Bible. And what does that what does that mean? What is the Bible actually saying? We want to make sure we want to make sure it's really important. We want to make sure that what we're saying is is pure doctrinally, that it's it's right. We'll get to this. This is why preparation is is needed. You don't want to you know shoot from the hip, or you don't want to you know turn to your seven year old and say, well, "What do you think it means?" And then he's taken over the Bible study. Um, so I could recommend you have maybe a couple good commentaries that you trust that are that are on hand during family worship in case a question comes up that would that would help you out. Matthew Henry, free. You could find Matthew Henry's complete commentary of the Bible online, free. 
Uh, if you have an ESV study Bible. Okay, that is really good commentary in it too. So something like that, a resource that is handy uh, in case a question comes up. And what you say, you want to make sure that it is pure in doctrine. Another thing to consider, read all of Scripture. Read all of Scripture. Same reason we do uh, expositional preaching on a Sunday. Right? We work through verse by verse. So you want to be committed in your home to reading all of Scripture. You don't want to just read, you know, you don't want to, you know, just read Psalms all the time, though they're great. Uh, you want to just read Proverbs all the time. We'll go through these phases where there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, right? So whatever the day of the month it is, like today was the um, 16th. So you'd read the 16th proverb that day. You can do things like that. Great, fun, helpful. But you wouldn't want to just do Proverbs every month and never read the, the rest of the Bible. Uh, so you want to you want to tackle you, you, know, you want to tackle numbers right and exciting one and uh, real page turner and uh, and Leviticus and, and books you may say you know what no uh, we're just going to Matthew Mark Luke John Psalms Proverbs uh, but not numbers definitely not Revelation we don't want them to have nightmares and you, you end up skipping around so so figure out a plan but be committed to okay we're going to work through. We're going to work through all of Scripture. It may take us 20 years, but we're going to, we're going to read all of this together as a, as a family. Uh, I'd say allow all the readers in the family to take turns reading out loud. Okay, this could be true, husband and wife, uh, or if they're kids, especially young kids, get them comfortable early on reading the Bible out loud. Um, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Christians right, are intimidated by reading the Bible out loud. Would they have been? In, would they be intimidated to read the Bible out loud if they were encouraged from the time they were six and seven and could first read? If they were encouraged to read the Bible out loud, and maybe not. Maybe when you get to some of the names, right, that are really difficult to pronounce. But no. So we want our we want our children to be comfortable reading the Word of God and and reading the Word of God out loud. What else for this time? Ask uh, ask good questions. Uh, I think it's difficult to ask really good questions. I mean, I ask my kids a lot of questions, and it just, just, it's just nothing. No, no response. I try to ask a different question. I mean, it is difficult. It is difficult, but the goal is to ask questions that are going to write the, the heart of man is deep waters, and the wise man draws them out. We want to, we want to draw out. Okay, those waters of our of our spouse and our children. We want to ask good, thought-provoking questions. Okay, but if you've got little kids in the home, you also want to tailor the questions to the age and and maturity of the one being asked. Okay, so you want to. So, like in our home, we've got the spectrum. We've got you know ten uh, all the way down to well, Avery. She's not answering questions yet, uh, but but Blaze, he's. Uh, Three, four, just turned four, um, and so, so. But I, if I'm asking questions, I want to try to tailor the questions to each of them. I don't want to ask just one question and then ask it to all of them, because then the older kids are going to be able to answer it, and the little kids going to feel stupid all the time, right? He's going, it's going to embarrass him. He's going to feel insecure, or he's going to feel belittled because he can never answer those questions. So, um, I don't just ask a question and say, "Raise your hand. Who knows the answer?" And then the little ones always like, 
Jesus, you know, Jesus, Jesus, that's what he does every time. No, son, I'm sorry, that's not the order salutis. So, you know, you ask questions to each child based on, you know, what, what, what you think that they can handle and wrestle with and, and answer. And then as well, apply the scriptures relevantly to your family. Um, so what's going on in your family? And what are you guys going through as a family? And be thinking about that. Pray the Lord would bring those things to your mind. And, and use God's word to apply it actually to what's taking place in your life right now. Because then you begin teaching your kids early on that this is not like a book that we just blow the dust off of and read at night. This is, this, it, it's true. This is everything we need for life and godliness. And it's useful and it's helpful. You begin teaching that at a young age. Uh, some other ideas, things to consider, read chronologically. It's easy. You can just read the Bible. You know, get a chronological Bible or find out online. And just kind of read it like a, a chronological story. You could read a proverb a day, um, which I recommended. Um, catechism. Okay, how many are familiar with the term catechism or, or catechize? Okay. Maybe some of you grew up in like Lutheran traditions or Catholic traditions. That word has a lot of uh, meaning, which wouldn't probably be what we mean here. Um, but catechisms are really good and really helpful. Uh, helpful for adults, helpful for kids in, in teaching doctrine. All a catechism is, is, is it is, is teaching doctrine through very simple questions and answers. Okay, that's what it means to catechize. And so a, a catechism, like this is one that, that we've used in, in our family. We've had a couple different ones we've used. Uh, for example, you know, question one, who made you? God. Who else did God? What else did God make? God made all things. Number three, why did God make you in all things? For his own glory. How can you glorify God? By loving him and doing what he commands. You know, go through, you got, you got 80 questions or so. Um, so we're actually, we have one that's being printed right now uh, that we're going to offer. And we'll have it by the middle of next week, so probably not this Sunday, but a, a week from that Sunday. Uh, it's a catechism that we put together that we're going to sell and recommend to you. Uh, it is adapted from what's called the Young Baptist Catechism, which was done by Adam Murrell. It was based on the 1689 London Baptist Confession. And we just tweaked it a little bit and just made it a, a bit more contemporary, but doctrinally it's teaching the same thing. And we're going to sell those, and we're going to encourage all of you to, to get a hold of one of those. And to start using these in your home. Uh, what it does is you work through these questions and it, it gives a person or it gives a child right, a good fundamental understanding of theology. Okay, when I started, first started reading catechism several years ago, um, I was learning doctrine. I was learning doctrine. And there were eight-year-olds that had had them memorized, right? So it, it, it's uh, even when your kids don't understand, because I mean a lot of stuff goes over over little kids' heads. But e- even that, so it, it, it gets in their heart, and then it's kindling. Okay, if and when God should choose to send His Holy Spirit, right, to, to dwell within them, there's something to burn up. Okay, it's another reason to get kids memorizing the Bible, but. Um, just rich doctrine and theology, um, fundamental theology, basic theology, and it gives a framework and a, and a structure. If you talk to guys who 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 have been 
you know, the church has been catechizing forever. But again, it's one of those neglected things. But if you talk to guys who are like sold out to catechism, uh, they would say that that not catechizing our children is the biggest reason the church today is so weak doctrinally. That's what that's what they would say. They'd say because we don't catechize our kids anymore. We don't give them basic doctrine. And so they're just kind of pulling from here and pulling from there and trying to put the pieces together, but it's never given them to them in like a, a framework that makes sense and, and all comes together. And so now, like I said, I read it a few years ago and I'm like, oh, and just even going through it and understanding it was helpful framework to apply and put underneath, you know, all the other teaching that I'd had at that point in my life. So anyway, we'll have a Veritas Church Catechism, just a beautiful little book that uh, one of our gals put together and it's being printed right now and we'll have that it was going to be ready for next week's class, but since we're wrapping up tonight, we'll just um, we'll let you know on a Sunday when they're when they're available. So really encourage that. We'll be talking more about that using catechisms and how helpful that can be. Um, scripture memory, another great thing to do uh, with that time is, is you know have your kids memorize scripture. Okay, list of resources there. Um, I've gone over a, a lot of these before. Again, we sell uh, many of them. Um, the catechism is, is on here, uh, leading little ones to God. Uh, so these two resources, we don't sell this one. We we sell this one. This is called. It's on there. Uh, long story short, and leading little ones to God. So I, I've told you this before, right? Okay, this is pure gold, pure gold. Really love this book. And when we first started doing family worship, I was I was intimidated by it. Um, didn't, didn't really know how to do it, didn't know what to do. And so you just walk through this and it has, uh, uh, an exposition of, of scripture. Then you read a scripture together. It gives you some ideas of things to talk about. Um, it gives you a suggested Bible reading and a hymn to sing and a prayer to pray. I mean, it's great if you're real intimidated or if you don't know where to begin. And, and that was me at first. And I just started just by basically reading it with my family until I began to become more comfortable and, and, and do some things on, on my own. But I still go back to it. Like if there's times where I can't, uh, I was unable to prepare or didn't get to something the way I wanted to, and we can just pull this out and we know we're going to strike gold wherever we go. So this is a wonderful resource. Um, but, but may even replace it and is in my mind, and, and we're using this right now, is this one, long story short, um, but the same kind of thing, just a little different. If you want to come up and look at it afterwards, you're welcome to. They've got a New Testament one that's about as thick. I don't have that one. Um, just have the Old Testament, but um, very similar, leading little ones to God, but has some uh, other things that I find even more, or, or just helpful in a different way. So there's resources like that to... Um, to, to help you figure out, okay, how, how to do this portion of the time. Um, but if nothing else, just read the Bible. Okay, just read a chapter of the Bible. Okay, say something about it. Okay, it can be as simple as that. Okay, secondly, pray together. Okay, so we want to read together. We want to pray together. Most children love to pray out loud. It's funny, right? Most children love to play out, uh, play. Most children love to pray out loud, and most adults feel insecure praying out loud. At some point, we get real worried about what we sound like when we pray out loud, but kids love to pray out loud. Okay, my boy, there's no shortage of volunteers to pray out loud in my home. They, they fight over praying. 
trying to tease him. That is not, this is not good. We're missing the point here. You can't fight before you pray. Um, unless the beginning of your prayer is repentance, right? Um, but they love to, they love to pray. They always want to pray out loud. Kids love to pray out loud. So these last two, the, 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 the praying and the singing are really what I think you leverage with kids to really draw them in. Um, if, if their heads are going to nod or if they're going to check out for any, it tends to be right the reading and instruction time. And I'll give some pointers with that as we go on. But, uh, but prayer and singing, good time. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So here's some uh, things I would recommend. Take prayer requests. Okay, take prayer requests. Ask your Children, ask your wife, uh, what, what, what are we praying for? Okay, let us know. What are we thankful for? What do we, what do we need help with? Take prayer requests. Give, give everyone an opportunity to pray. Give everyone an opportunity to pray. Maybe not all you know, the same night, but just make sure you're, you're spreading it out. You know, give, give the kids an opportunity to pray. And assume when they're really young, it's just repeat after me. Because otherwise, crazy things come out. So just why don't you just repeat after me, okay? Our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, please help, you know, whatever it is. But have them just repeat after you. It's really it's sweet, fun. Uh, I would say be brief in prayer, okay? Especially if children uh, are, are present. So like when we do family worship and we pray, we pray, but it's not like, you know, 30-minute meditation time. Uh, I'm just tempting my kids to, uh, to goof off at that point or fall asleep. Right? It's not, not helpful. So if you've got little kids, um, I would encourage you to, to be brief in prayer. Um, if children are present, be simple but not shallow. So you don't want like a King James prayer. Kind of like, what? Dad never talks that way except when he prays. And then it's like a foreign language. Uh, So you don't you don't want that. Um, So be simple, but not shallow. Uh, A couple more things. Don't teach in your prayers. You ever heard the teaching prayer? You're like, is that guy even praying? (laughs) Who's he talking to? Uh, So don't teach. You use the Bible time to teach. You know, don't use the prayer time to teach. Uh, don't gossip in your prayers. You've all heard the gossip prayer, right? Who's like prays for um, needs. <laughs> but there are needs that are, you know, private and no one's supposed to know about, but they come up in their prayer life. You're like, I didn't know they were struggling. So don't, don't do that in your, in your prayers. Uh, and, and don't belittle your children in your, in your prayers. And here's what I mean by that. Um, yeah, I've done this before, and I've kind of gone back and forth, I guess, but ultimately felt like I probably belittled my kids uh, when I did this. Um, if, if, you're, if your kids are having a, a hard time, don't, don't pray that, that God would convict them and they would repent during family worship time. That'd be my recommendation. Don't pray that prayer in front of them and be front of all their siblings and their mom uh, that God would, you know, strike them now and uh, not strike them down, just strike their hearts and, and soften them. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, some ideas. Keep a prayer journal. We keep a prayer journal. This is a lot of fun. This is great. Um, my son Peyton does it right now. So he keeps track of what we're. What we're praying for, it gives him a job to do. So he brings it and so he knows we're praying for, you know, this teacher's dad and we're praying for this kid who's moving pretty soon and this kid who's having surgery. And we've got, you know, so he's got this list and then we can check them off. 
You know, we can pray. We were praying for one of their classmates had surgery a couple weeks ago. We've been praying about it for weeks. And then we got news. The surgery went really well. So then we turn it into a thank you, God. And then we cross it off. Right. It was really, really cool. It was a, it was a really neat time. And so it gives him something to do, makes him feel like he's involved. I'm the prayer journal guy. Right. And so he comes and we keep a record of this. So it's not just haphazard. Like, what did we pray for yesterday? I don't know. What do you want to pray for today? All right. That sounds good. Come on. And you just forget. You forget. So. Some of you should keep a prayer journal, too. It's really helpful. Um, teach children when to pray. Um, so, you know, kids, kids, um, especially little kids, their prayers are funny, right? They, they, they'll, they'll pray the same thing, right, over and over and over again. And they'll get, like, into a pattern. And, and if you ask them to pray, you know you're going to hear the same few phrases every, every single time, right? They just develop this, this language that they have, they have with God. Um, so it, it teach them uh, how to pray. Teach them how to pray. Um, they will naturally just ask God for stuff. That will be what prayer is, for God to, to do stuff and to give them stuff. And that's great. But that's only part of what prayer is. Um, so I mean, we've always taught our boys the uh, um, thank you, please help, I'm sorry. It's a good thing to pray. So thank you. What are you thankful to God for? Tell him. I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? What do you need to confess? What do you need to repent from? Tell him. What do you need help with? Where are you struggling? Tell him. Or the uh, ACTS acronym. So you've heard that. A-C-T-S. Adoration. Confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Okay, adoration and thanksgiving, a little bit different. Adoration, praising God for who He is. Thanksgiving, praising God for what He's done. An easy way to think about that. But are we adoring God when we pray? Are we confessing sin to God when we pray? Are we thanking God when we pray? Is there supplication where we're actually asking God to, to, to do something? You look at your, I'll look at my own prayer life every once in a while and I'll see where I'm, where I'm kind of short. Like I never, I'm not doing that right now. I've gotten out of the habit of doing that. My, the scale is tipped heavy in one, in one direction or the other. So maybe that's helpful. Um, some praying resources for you. Uh, a Method for Prayer by Matthew Henry, a great book. Uh, Taking Hold of God by Joel Beakey, uh, a great book. And then uh, we sell all three of these. You've heard us talk about them. Water of the Word, Prayers of an Excellent Wife, and Setting Their Hope in God. I'm just going to read you a couple of them, okay? So, you know, for the the, you know, the three of you that haven't bought these books yet, because I, I, a lot of people have been buying these, um, hopefully you haven't been disappointed. Um, and all he, all this author is doing is uh, he's taking Scripture. Because, I mean, God loves to hear His Word back to Him. Okay? His perfect Word back to Him. And so he's taking Scripture and he's just using that to... To, to form prayers and to bolster prayers. And they're just beautiful. They're just beautiful. And, and they're very helpful. Um, this, is, this is teaching me how to, how to pray um, in a way that honors God. It's adding dimensions to my prayer life. So let me just read you a couple. Um, this is the one, uh, Kristen and I just read this last night. It's pretty short. Uh, this is the one for kids. So we'll pray, you know, at night before we go to bed, we'll just, we'll just read the next prayer in here. Great God, may my children be inclined to pour themselves out for the hungry, 
and satisfy the desire of the afflicted so that their light will rise in the darkness and their gloom be as the noonday. Then guide them continually and satisfy their desire in scorched places. Make their bones strong so that they are like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. May they be radiant. Their hearts thrilled to say, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Make them count the garments of salvation as sufficient clothing, valued by them as more precious and worthy of care than the adornments of kings and queens. May their robes of righteousness be ever prevalent, outshining worldly dress. Amen. I'm just not to the point where I come up with that spontaneously when I pray. But I'd like to, because it is just, so have in parentheses Isaiah 56 and um, 61, and you go there, and it's exactly what you just read. So it's God's Word just put into, um, put into prayer. And then uh, let me read you one more, or I'll just read you part of it. I've been stuck on this one uh, for Kristen for like two weeks. I just, usually I go on, I just keep reading the same one every day. I think it's that cool. Uh, God, your purpose of election... You see, he makes, a, he makes a prayer for your wife out of Romans 9. That's legit right there. Oh God, your purpose of election must stand, for it is beautiful and wise to choose a people not because of works, but because of your call. May my dear wife learn to rejoice and tremble at your words, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Let her not charge you with injustice because you are free. For you say to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, make her exult that it depends not on human will or exertion, but on you who have mercy. Let her love and fear the truth that you have mercy on whomever you will and you harden whomever you will. Keep her from being a woman who questions you with arrogance or sets her ways of justice above you or demands you to account for what she finds inequitable. May she not question her molder saying, why have you made me like this? For you are the Lord and potter and to you belongs the right to make one vessel for honored use and another for dishonorable use. Oh, beloved, my sweetest vessel of mercy come. Let us adore his goodness in order to make known to us the riches of his glory. He endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction to show his wrath and to make known his power. Father, may your son be her greatest good forever. Amen. Yeah, that's a uh, 98. I'm just stuck there. I'm just praying that every day. So, so good. Uh, so there's some resources for that. Uh, singing together. Singing together. Uh, at least initially, this is probably the most uh, common element to find awkward. Right? It, 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 this can be awkward. It, feel, it can feel like you're doing uh, American Idol tryouts in your living room, right? Really uncomfortable. Colossians 3.16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Um, So we should be singing in our homes. We should be singing in our homes. We are called to sing. It it is is worship. We are so so grateful for what God has done. And this is when you're so grateful that you break out in song. Okay? So we sing to God. We We lift our voices to Him. And this has nothing to do, right? God does not, you know, favor, you know, those whom He has gifted with vocal skills. He doesn't favor their singing more than anyone else. So, you know, we've got to get that out of our head because most of us, we, I, I assume, I don't know, I was, but I would assume most of us, just, we can't sing very well. Like we wouldn't, is it the shower? Maybe. The car? Maybe. But other than that, we're not going to subject people to that. And so singing out loud feels very, feels very uncomfortable. But I would, I would strongly encourage you to sing with your families. And to sing in your home. Um, sing doctrinally pure songs. That's very important. Sing doctrinally pure songs. In fact, here's another resource that just was finished up this uh, last week. I'm really excited about this. Um, uh, they're five bucks, and we now have our own Veritas Church hymnal. So this is a collection of songs that we sing on Sundays. Okay. Um, it's a collection of songs that we sing on Sunday. So this would be a great place to start. Okay, you got the words right here, and, 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 and then it's reinforced on a Sunday. You're, you're hearing these songs, um, and, and you know that these songs are going to be doctrinally pure. Now, I'm going to actually tell you in a minute, not all the songs we sing in my home are doctrinally pure. <laughs> we sing like just some funny, corny, goofy songs that I would encourage you to if you have little kids. But... Um, we also sing a lot of songs here. Um, sing songs the whole family loves. Okay, so like we don't sing "Great is Thy Faithfulness" every time we sing, though that's probably what I would like us to do because I'm like there is not a better song ever written. But you know, my but my kids have their favorite. If you ask them, they'll tell you. Some of you know, like I don't know what it is about this song, but kids love it. Do, do any, what, you probably heard him sing it. What is my kid's favorite song right now? No. Okay, so maybe you don't know. I thought it would be it. Yeah. Yes, Made Alive. Made Alive. They just, they love that song. They just, they love that song. In fact, they were, I was here a couple Wednesdays, ago, or like a month ago, and I was, I was, I had a meeting, and um, I brought uh, Jackson, and I think it was Brady, with me and uh, uh, Mike and, 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 and the rest of them were up here practicing. And so, the, and so Jackson hears them doing uh, Made Alive and, and, and In Tenderness, like his two favorite songs. So he comes out here and I come out here and the, the boys are singing. And then pretty soon, coolest thing ever too, right? Mike gives Jackson the microphone. <laughs> and they're like Jackson's backup band. And Jack, he gets totally serious, right? And he's like, you know, he's doing the sway. And he's just, he's singing it. And once in a while, Mike would have to help him out. But I mean, he was, he was into it. He was singing away. So they love that song. So, um, you know, sing songs that, you know, that your family 
that your family loves to sing. You may have to figure out what those are, but 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 sing them. And and this can be a helpful uh, resource for you. Um, we take turns picking songs to sing. Um, that's how we do it. Um, use instruments if possible. Um, <laughs> my kids try to do that, and like Jackson wants to play the recorder right now. <laughs> what the recorder is. But it, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like a flute. But, he, he, you know, he, bless his heart, he does three notes. And, you know, which works for most worship songs. But, and he'll just, he'll just do those over and over and over again. It's not the melody. And then now Brady's got the violin. And so he comes out with his violin doing hot cross buns. And, uh, and Peyton's got like a clarinet right now. So I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure that's a joyful noise. <laughs> it is a noise, son, but... We're going to, I'm pretty sure God's not honored by that all happening at the same time. Oh, come on. It's okay. And you know, it's true. Um, so, we, but we also do fun, fun songs. Like one of our favorites is the, um, and I know a few of these and I'm looking, I, I bring this up because I'm, I'm looking for more too. I'd like more fun songs. Um, I hate hand motion songs except in family worship and there we love them. So we, we like hand motion songs, never anywhere else, like ever. But in our home, it's all good. So we got the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? The rains came tumbling down, and the house on the rock stood strong, and then they all kissed their bicep. So we've got that, or the, or the um, 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 praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye. Have you ever heard that one? And like they do the two different parts, so half of them are jumping up and down, and the other half are jumping. Oh, man, it is fun. And me and mom, we're all jumping up in the air and singing. It is a really good time. Uh, and we know Spring Up Oh Well, it's also got hand motions. Um, but I'm, I'm looking for more. So if you know more, um, I'm not kidding. So if you know more fun songs like that that have hand motions or that kids really like, please let me, let me know. You can put melody to the psalms, um, all kinds of things that you can do to, uh, to make it fun. But just remember that if you if you haven't done that before, uh, it was very awkward. It was very awkward for me, at least, when we first started doing that. I felt totally uncomfortable. Um, it, I felt strange. I was the only one singing, and no one was singing with me, which just made it worse. And uh, you just had to push through that for a year and a half. And then <laughs> others, right? But now, you know, you, you, you push through that, you get through that wall, and it, it, it's been great. And, I, you know, I just came to a point where I was like, I want, like, I want, I want my kids, I want my wife to hear me singing. Like, it's not great, but I want them to hear that. I want them to know that, uh, that I love the Lord so much that I want to sing to Him. So it's worth, I think it's worth pushing through the, the awkward barrier. Um, okay, number two. What should the manner of our worship be? And just four things here. Um, Reverent, joyful, consistent, and led with great affection and tenderness. So what is the tone? What is the manner of this time of worship? Well, it's reverent, but it's not just reverent. But it certainly should be reverent. Okay, we're worshiping God. And so this this is a serious time. But it can't just be reverent okay should also be joyful right make this time enjoyable right don't don't boil your kids in milk remember that verse 
right? You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Don't take the means of life and kill someone with it. And that's what we do if we take something wonderful like family worship and we just make it a pain for our family because it's, it's just it's not enjoyable for anybody. Uh, consistent. If it's sporadic, then it is not gonna, it's going to lose all of its meaning and it'll lose all of its effectiveness. That'll go out the window. And then um, whoever's leading family worship, okay, so if there's a husband, dad, you should be leading it. A single mom, obviously she's going to be leading it. But um, whoever's leading this time of family worship, I think it's probably the most important thing in regards to the manner, especially for you dads, is make sure that you're leading with great uh, affection and tenderness. That you're connecting with your family. You're connecting with the, your, 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 the affection there is there for the Lord. And the affection is there for your family. And you want to grow in your ability to, to let that out. And to let them see and hear your affection. So your, your tone is just, just different. Right? I, mean, I think, you know, when I'm doing family worship, it's, 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 it's a different kind of tone. I, mean, I, I joked about it. It's not like I'm you know, preaching here on a Sunday or yelling or, or anything like that. Um, it's more like this. Okay, and the tone is different and it's a lot of eye contact and and, and rubbing heads or, you know, you know, squaring faces or, or scratching a back or, you know, whatever it is. But it's, it's a very affectionate and tender time for us as a family. And whoever's leading it is going to set the tone, is going to set the tone for that. Uh, be affectionate in manner, Joel Beagie says. Show them the way to fear, delight in, and love the Lord. Our children need to feel that we love our children, but that we love their soul. Pray earnestly for their salvation out loud in front of them. Little children, see you as a God figure, and that is a profound responsibility. Embrace your children in the way God embraces sinners. Number three, how do I get started? Um, just two steps, right? Just prepare and then, and then do it. Prepare and then do it. Uh, decide when, decide where. Talk with your wife. Ask for feedback and suggestions. Plan out the content. What will you read? What will you say? Who will pray? What will you pray for? What will you sing? Now, it may require a lot of preparation at the beginning, um, but, but once you get the hang of this, there's very little preparation. There's very little preparation. I mean, I know exactly where I'm going to be Tomorrow morning and, 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 and tomorrow night. It's Thursday night, yeah. So we'll be together tomorrow night. I know exactly what we're going to be going through. I don't have to do any preparation for it. Um, we'll just we'll get right into it. But it, when I first started doing this and was coming up with a plan, there was some preparation involved. So that's necessary. Okay. Um, okay, finally, here's some helps for, uh, some helps for family worship. Uh, nine of them. I'm sorry, I don't have like a mute button. Um, I, I, would assu- I would assume that most of you don't have any solid examples of this to imitate. And so here's some helpful tips. Okay. Uh, number one, make it a priority. If you end up compelled, okay, and I hope you do, make it a priority. You know how priorities work. And if something is not a priority, it's just it won't happen. It won't happen. So whoever's going to be leading family worship has to decide this is going to be a priority. And uh, so other things are going to get bumped before this gets bumped. It has to be important or there will be absolutely no traction. Number two, um, model the right attitude. Model the right attitude. 
so whoever's leading it, if the, if the manner is to be reverent and joyful and, and consistent, make sure that that is being modeled by whoever is leading the time of family worship. And, and I would also say in model the right attitude is be repentant. Uh, be repentant. There have been many occasions where family worship in our home starts with me saying, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I've been uh, grumpy. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Um, I, I snapped. I shouldn't have snapped at you. Uh, Dad's just, I'm, 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 I've been thinking about a lot of things today and it's causing me to be distracted. And you were trying to tell me something and I know I wasn't listening well. And I, I know you knew that and, and that was wrong. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? We've had lots of family worships that have had to start off uh, like that. So be willing to do that. Um, and that's okay. You, uh, God doesn't need, uh, you know, perfect parents, but God needs repentant parents. And your kids don't need perfect parents, and they're not going to have perfect parents, but they need repentant parents. Um, your kids know that you sin, and they know you're sinners. They know that. But do they know that you're repentant of your sin? Or does that just take place somewhere in your like in your prayer closet? It should happen before happen before them. So model the right attitude. Uh, gloominess or austerity of devotion will make them think it is a hard service. Let them be met as for the most delightful service in which they can be engaged. So it's like this is the greatest thing that we could do right now. So they look forward to it. Number three. Consider your children and your spouse. When we first started doing this years ago, um, I came up with this whole plan and had a document printed up and everything and handed it to Kristen and said, here's what we're going to do. And that was not helpful. That was not helpful to her. Um, there, were, there were things that weren't going to work for our family. And there, were, there, were, there was input that, that she had. Uh, but of course, I put so much time and work into it that we pushed forward with that anyway. And I shouldn't have done that. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, go, it didn't go well. So this isn't um, like dad, this isn't you know, dad's time to do what he wants to do. But to consider your wife and to consider your kids and to consider uh, their frame and to consider what will be most helpful for them and work for them, even if it's more difficult for you to do, but to meet them uh, wherever they are and to consider them and ask for their input. And this is really, I know this is hard for husbands. I mean, one of the hardest, you know, thing for a husband to do is to, uh, is to ask his wife questions that are going to open himself up to being um, criticized or challenged or rebuked. The hardest question I, I have to ask my wife is, how am I doing as a husband? I need to be prayed up for that question. <laughs> really prayed up because I might get an answer that's going to... Because what do I want to hear? Oh, honey. <laughs> just, there's nothing. You're great. You're, you're, you are perfect. You are perfect. There is nothing, nothing, nothing wrong. Just keep on keeping on. Just do what, do what you do. You are. I mean, I have these fantasies of what she will say when I ask her that question. So, but I, I really, I want her to be honest, though. So, that's not what she's going to say. So, 
asking for input, those are really tough questions to ask. Because I planned this out and I'm working hard at this and I don't want to hear how it's not working. I don't want to hear that. But I need to hear that if it's really about if it's really about them. So consider um, same time and same place. Consistency is good. So figure out a time that works. Maybe it's morning for you. Maybe it's evening for you. But figure out a time that works and do it at the same time, especially if you have kids, because they're going to thrive on regularity and on consistency and on a schedule. It is so good for them and so important for them. So make sure that you're doing that same time, same place, not at the dinner table this night, you know, in the backyard that night, at the park that night, um, at the couch that night, in your bedroom that night. Try not to, to do that. You can do other things in all those places, but try to have, this is where we come, this is when we go there and, and do it. Now that said, be flexible though. Be flexible, right? So that we don't get so far that we start worshiping the form. If you can't do it, okay, you're providentially hindered. Something comes up that is a priority, but something comes up and you, you can't do it or there's an issue with... Um, one of the kids or, or there's something going on between you and your wife or whatever it is, it, that's okay. Remember, we're not worshiping this time. Okay, so sometimes you just get, you have to be flexible or, or okay, we're going um, to be out at that time. You know, we accepted this dinner invitation and so uh, that's normally when we would worship, but we, this is the only time they could meet. So we need to be flexible, maybe do it at a different time or something like that. Um, three more things there. Um, if you're starting off, uh, start slow and start small. I had when I first started doing, it, I had really high expectations, and it was like a 45-minute program that I put together, right? And I just pictured them all, you know, sitting at my feet, you know, just like, you know, just just anticipating every word that was going to come from my mouth. And we were going to sing and their eyes were going to be closed and their, you know, arms raised to heaven. And, you know, we're going to hear birds. You know, I had this idea of how it was all going to go down and it didn't go down like that. You know, there's like two of them are fighting and uh, (laughs) it wasn't like that. So start off really small, like like 10 minutes, which goes into brevity. Brevity needs to be a high priority, especially if you have little kids. Or especially if you're new to this and the people around you are, are probably going to be resistant at first because it's uncomfortable or it's very different. So be brief. If it goes well, you can, you can add to it. We've had nights where it's gone like over an hour. But that's pretty rare. Usually where it's about 10 minutes, 15 minutes is what we're, is what we're going for. And that's a, at least in my home, that's, that's, that's what we can do. That's what we can do right now. I'd like it to be longer, but it doesn't work, and it becomes about me and, and not about them. So we've got to be careful. So uh, 10 minutes. You, could, you can read a chapter from the Bible or read 20 verses from the Bible. Okay, you can take a couple prayer requests, and you can pray, uh, and you can sing the doxology. Okay, you, something like that. Okay, you're, you're reading the Word. You're praying. You're singing. You're, you're, that's family worship. Okay, you're, you're worshiping God in your home. It's a great place to start. God is honored by that. And if as time goes on, you can add to that, great. Then you can add to it. And then perseverance. So um, there could be days, there could be weeks, there could be months. And, and it's, not, it's not what you'd hoped it would be. Or, or maybe um, um, 
some members in your family or all the members in your family are just, they just don't see it the way you see it. Okay, so persevere. I would encourage you to persevere. Keep, keep plugging away. Don't get rude. Don't get proud. Don't get arrogant. Don't get forceful. Just keep on plugging away. Keep worshiping. Keep worshiping the Lord. Um, over time, see if that, that doesn't change. So, uh, maybe just a couple, uh, just a couple things here. Uh, guessing that a lot of a lot of you might feel really inadequate when it comes to this, and I would say that feeling inadequate is is almost like a prerequisite, and and part of the qualification for leading family worship is feeling inadequate. So it, it's probably good that you don't feel totally equipped and adequate, and you know have an I got this kind of attitude. It's probably better if you feel like this seems like a really big challenge and you feel totally inadequate to do it. That's going to actually, that's going to, that's going to help you be humble like you need to be and, and come across humble like you, like you need to be. And, and if you feel inadequate, just say, just again, start really simple. If praying is uncomfortable, just read the Lord's prayer. Or read a prayer out of one of these uh, books. You know, have stuff that you read. Use one of these books that really walks you through everything. And you'll find over time, oh, I, can, I, can, I can do some of these things on my own. Becoming more comfortable in this. And then your family really gets to, uh, gets to reap the, the benefit and reap the reward. Yeah, a couple of things, but we're, 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 we're just past 7.30, so I don't think I'll mention those. Um, Again, I'll be around if you have any questions afterwards or if you want to look at this resource. Uh, last thing, the recommendations. I mentioned that at the beginning. Um, recommendations for, uh, for parenting, for uh, moms, for dads, and for children or grandchildren. These are great uh, stories that you can read. If it's underlined, then I've, I've talked about it specifically in this class. Uh, most of these books on this list we sell here. The rest you can find real easily on Amazon. And all the articles, you can just do a Google search for those, and you can find those free. Uh, you can find those free on online. Uh, so two things. One, um, I'll stick around for a little bit. If any of you have any uh, questions, or you feel free to email me a question uh, if you do have a, a question, but you don't want to stick around and ask it. Um, and as well, um, if I was really organized, I would have had a form for you. But if there's any feedback that you have, you could send me. Uh, a message. This was helpful. Uh, this wasn't helpful. Uh, I'd really like to hear. I uh, wish we could have expanded on this or talked more about this or targeted this or just anything like that. We'll probably do this class every couple years or something. So uh, just bring that up. Let me know. Send me an email or something so that we can continue to, to make it helpful and effective. So thanks for being here tonight, guys. Let me pray and then we'll get out of here. Our Father in heaven, thank you for um all that you've done for us and in us and, and that you're doing through us. How we thank you for how, uh, how active you've been in our lives. God, you were loving us before we even knew you. And you've been so good and gracious to us in, in maturing us and in comforting us when we need comfort and helping us when we need help. You're such a good God. God, I pray that all of us would we would commune with you uh, regularly, that it would be heartfelt, that it would be meaningful, so that 
our hearts would glow with gratitude. And we would be equipped then to, with grateful hearts, uh, worship with our families. We pray that it would not just be form, God. We pray that it wouldn't just be reading, that it wouldn't just be praying, it wouldn't just be singing, but it would be reading and praying and singing with great affection in our hearts for You. And that we would be changed by this and that those around us would be changed by this as we prioritize Your worship in our homes. We love You, Lord. We thank You for this night. We thank You for these people. We thank You for this church. We bless your name and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.